Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Happy Memorial Day weekend, broadcasting live from the SCORE Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. We've got round number two of the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning today. A lot of chalk so far in the NBA playoffs. That's expected to open things up. A ton of hoops and NHL coverage on my daily show, BetQL Daily. Search it on the podcatcher of your choice. But this is the show for you. If you enjoy betting or just looking at Major League Baseball futures, and here's why. Memorial Day, always a significant weekend for baseball fans. Because uh, when you look at the big picture, the large sample size of 162 games, this is uh, when a lot of your old timers and some of the younger people that are looking at all the metrics, when you take a look at things like, This is the weekend where you can take a step back. Okay, now we can start to figure out what we have as a team. Do we have any idea? Are we going to be buyers or sellers once we get closer and closer to the trade deadline since we're about one-third of the way through the season for the entire league? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Odyssey app. So I figured it's a perfect time to bring in Sean Zarillo, actionnetwork.com, at Sean Zarillo on Twitter. And uh, Sean, when we look up, It's uh, intriguing because over the last few years, a big part of the conversation has been it's the haves versus the have-nots, the teams that can spend, the teams that can draft and develop against much of the league, which can't do it. And right now, two months into the season, there are still 
six division races going on. The entire National League East is separated by only a few games. I have no idea which team is the best on the American League side. And, of course, there are a handful of bottom feeders like there are every single season. But uh, it's starting to feel a little bit like the NFL with all this parity. It, it feels like it's a really good thing. Agree? 100% agree. Yeah. In uh, in 2019, which was our last full 162 game season, uh, we had four teams that lost more than 100 games and nine teams lost more than 90 games. And I'm going to reference fan graphs and Pakoda projections throughout the rest of our conversation. So mm-hmm. if you want a point of reference, that's what I'll be talking about. But if you look at those two projection systems, we only have six teams that are projected to finish with more than 90 losses. And the Pirates are the only team between those two systems. And it's only in one of those two systems that's projected for more than 100 losses. So I think it's a situation where a lot of the top teams, uh, you know, Dodgers, Padres, playing in divisions that are are pretty tight and going to be very competitive. And the teams that I think are going to get, obviously you have to get teams to the playoffs out of these divisions, but both central divisions and the AL West, I think are a little bit weaker. And I don't think the teams at the top of those divisions are necessarily on the same level as the teams in the, the NL East, the AL East, NL West. I think it's just a, a matter of not only having the league kind of catch up to you know, a little bit more of a parity driven level. But at the same time, I think the way that teams are situated and the schedules that they have to play because the teams around them, it's just kind of causing everybody to play closer to 500 baseball. I mean, I expected the Rangers and the Rockies to be absolutely terrible this season. And even those teams are being relatively competitive compared to expectations. So nice to see uh, a sport that we get such big underdog prices on a lot of these teams. It's it's nice to see that uh, so far in the year, they're, they're coming through to a degree, but Perhaps throughout the summer, as these teams start to sell off pieces, we we might see a little bit more of a, a regression back towards a, a big gap in talent. Sure, yeah, that will probably happen, but it's fun right now having six division races. I do tend to try to remind people because sometimes some bettors, people that aren't betting on a day-to-day basis, they have this mindset that they have to get all their futures bets in before the season starts, and that's it. Like, no, right now around Memorial Day could be a great time to jump in. Remember a couple of years ago when the Nationals win the World Series and where were they at this stage in the season? You got a really nice number. And, and there were teams that I didn't want to take a futures bet on for the World Series because I felt the number was a bit short. But because of a slow start, you have maybe double that number right now. Oh, I don't know, like the Atlanta Braves. If you had a strong opinion on a team coming into the year and your opinion hasn't really changed and you're getting better odds on them now than you had in the preseason, I certainly think it's worth taking a closer look at that. There's there's teams that we can talk about in the coming minutes that I feel sure. that way about. But as far as the analyst goes, I mean, the Mets have 17 players on the injured list right now. And if you look at the same two projection systems, they still have them between 57 to 62%. I believe they were closer to around 70% in the preseason based on expectations. The Braves are tough. The projections are typically low on the Braves, and I'm not really sure why I've heard it's because of some difficulties that they have capturing the effects of SunTrust Park. Mm-hmm. But top to bottom, you look at the way Austin Riley's hitting to extend that lineup a little bit. As the Braves get a little bit deeper into the season, if they're able to get anything back in terms of rotation depth, they're going to be competitive. I just don't know if the projections, which are closer to about 25% for them to win the division right now, to have to take a 225 to bet them to win a division, that's closer to 30% implied. So I don't really know if the value's there. Uh, At the same time, I don't really know if there's much value on the Mets either. I'm not really laying minus 115 on a team at this point in the, the season to win their division, but Maybe the Miami Marlins, listen, the same projection systems, they don't really see them with more than a 1% to 2% chance of winning the NL East. 
but you have to love their young pitching. Three pitchers in the top 15 and expected ERA in baseball. I'm going to get Sixto Sanchez and Starling Marte back soon. And they're clearly headed in a direction where they're willing to spend money and add pieces. They added Marte at the deadline last year. So if you think that the Marlins are going to keep playing around 500 baseball and the NL East is going to generally play, you know, at that level and, and struggle to get over 90 wins, I don't hate the Marlins. It's a long shot stab to win the NL East, but provided the Mets get all their guys back, I still think this is their division to lose. Just Noah Syndergaard had a setback the other day and being a Mets fan, like I, I'm expecting the worst at all times. And so far it's absolutely played out like it, even though they're at the top of the division right now. Yeah, and if you shop around, you can find the Miami Marlins just a couple of games back at 20-1 to to win the division. With something that's wide open, I don't think that's a bad play at all. Let's stay in uh, the National League. And uh, Sean, you got a lot of Cubs fans listening, and many of those Cubs fans are a bit surprised that they've played their way into the division race. The team wants to sell. They're uh, looking to move on probably from guys like Chris Bryant, going to make some other tough decisions for the future of the ball club and they're in the division race. It feels like 2020 all over again. We had that uh, truncated season and the Cubs were too good to make any deals at the deadline. Same situation this year. I'm generally not a Cubs guy. Not that I dislike the organization, but this Cubs team, since they won the world series, I haven't been too high on them. If anything, I've been betting their win total unders consecutively. And I think they are the value team right now. You can get them pretty much across the board at plus 500, plus 550 to win the division. Projection systems make them between 28.6% and 37.6%. So these projections were all pretty low on the Cardinals coming into the year. Pakoda still has the Cardinals at only 15% to win the Central. I was very high in Milwaukee coming to the year, as were a lot of projection systems. I don't think there's value on them now. They're sitting in that plus 150 range. I think that's right where they should be. Uh, Again, those same two projections closer to 45% at best. So if you're going to take a stab on a team in this division, I think you should look at the Cubs or even potentially the Reds. The Reds, you can get as high as eight to 10% in terms of projections. Taking 12 to one on them to win the central isn't necessarily a bad bet. Luis Castillo, it's really like completely swung their season because that's supposed to be a team built around Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. Gray hasn't been as good as he was the past couple of years, and Castillo is just not locating his changeup whatsoever. He's leaving it right down the middle, and it's getting absolutely hammered. Skills are still there. He can certainly rediscover his level and, and completely turn this around. So I don't think the Reds are necessarily out of it quite yet in that division. I, I still love the organization that they built, getting Kyle Body into their system and optimizing a lot of their pitching talent. So yeah, if, if I'm going to take a price, the NL Central is probably the place to do it. And I think the Cubs are are certainly live. It's just a matter of whether they're willing to keep these pieces together and in order to make a run. Are they, they have three pending free agents with Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo? And are they going to keep these guys all together and not get anything of value out of them at the deadline? Or are they just going to flip them regardless of where they are? So you're betting on the front office in that perspective, but... I think in terms of projections and the talent they have on the roster, they're certainly good enough to win the division. And five and a half to one, five to one or better is certainly actual. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on a Saturday morning sports radio, 670. The score, my guest, Sean Zarilla from the Action Network, actionnetwork.com. All right, we hit the NL East, NL Central. Now it's time to go to the NL West. Of course, the Dodgers are the favorite. But uh, man, San Francisco's just screaming at me, Sean. They were in first place a week ago. Then you start to play the Dodgers. They fall back a little bit, but you can see 50 to one right now. And they're still in the race. What do you think? 
So depending if you, if you use Picota or Fangraphs, Picota has the Dodgers at 74%. They have them at 56% on Fangraphs. So it's, you know, depending on which system you use, you could find value theoretically on either the Dodgers or Padres. The Giants still aren't being given any respect. But Fangraphs does have them winning the wild card 40% of the time. They just don't see them winning division more than 1%, 2% of the time. So I think 50 to 1, sure. Like, I'm, I'm never going to argue against the 50 to 1 flyer on any team to win their division. And unless you're telling me you're going to bet the Orioles to win the AL East right now. <laughs> but the, yeah. the Giants were a team I was high on coming into the season. I think they're expertly run. Farhan Zaidi came over from the Dodgers. And since he's gotten there, he's just continually extracted value out of the market and see all the guys that they signed and traded for this season. Alex Wood, Dee Sclafani, got Gaussman last year. They've they built a really nice team for themselves, and they they still have some potential talent coming up from the minor leagues with Joey Bart, Helio Ramos. You see the bullpen that they built for themselves, that guy Rogers throwing submarine sliders at people that they can't do anything with. So the Giants pitch really well. They rank in the top five for expected Woba on the pitching side. They play good defense. I like how they're built. They're built with intentionality. They're well run. I certainly think they could they can make a, a serious run at this wild card, especially if the Dodgers continue to struggle or Tatis goes back on the IL, what have you. Obviously, they're they're playing against two of the biggest World Series favorites. Can the NL West get both wild card teams? It's not out of the question if they continue to beat up on teams at the bottom of their division like the Rockies. So I, I might be more interested in the Giants as a World Series sleeper than I am as a, as a divisional sleeper right now, just because they have so much to overcome against those two teams in their division. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it whatsoever. I, I think the Giants are probably the team I've been on the most this season. And I would continue to assume that they're going to be undervalued going against the big boys in that West division. Yeah, San Francisco still top five or run differential. The problem is the two teams are fighting in the NL West are also top five and run differential. It's uh, truly amazing. Let's uh, head over to the American League side. If I'm going to make the case that, all right, there's not a huge gap right now, but I know the division winner in the American League Central. It's clearly the White Sox. Odds would reflect that. They're around minus 350, then we drop to plus 400 with the Indians. Uh, Royals, great start, but they've fallen back. Twins can't get it together. Tigers, the worst team in the division. Every time there's a new Sox injury, Sean, the conversation is, okay, which team's going to win the Central? Well, the answer is still the White Sox, right? Yeah, it's a, so it's the same disagreement kind of that we had in the NL West with the, the projections. So I was actually really surprised to see this. So Fangraphs has, has the White Sox at 70%. Mm-hmm. But Bakota was really down on the Sox coming into the season and even recommended a win total under bet on them. They've got Cleveland at 53% to win the division right now. And that, that completely forward me. Uh, they've got the huh. Sox at 26%, Minnesota at 20%, which makes no sense to me. Even if you give them all of Minnesota's percentage, like it, it still seems like a coin flip according to one of those projection systems. Uh, Cleveland pitches really well. They've overachieved as much as any team in the past six years. I think they have the most wins in the American League over the past five years. Since Francona got there, whenever that timeline is, they, they lead the American League in wins. So Cleveland, other than Tampa, is probably the best run organization in baseball. Uh, Jose Ramirez, we're going to talk about MVPs in a minute, but he's been the third best hitter in the AL this season. And he is a BABIP of like 229. So if there's anything else around him, I know Fran Mil Reyes is hurt right now when they get him back. Cleveland is certainly going to be in the hunt. They will definitely be in the wild card hunt. And I think they're going to be a thorn in Chicago's side all season, especially if that bullpen Emmanuel Clase is so effective. Karen Chak is just lights out. Like 
they have a bunch of dudes who who can absolutely bring it. And on any night, uh, I mean, with the starting pitching that they have, if McKenzie's going to be a little bit better than he was early in the season, they just they have a lot of pieces that make them a competitive team. So in, until Eloy comes back, I think it's hard for the White Sox to fully separate themselves. I do think that they need to shore up that outfield a little bit or, or get a little bit more depth in terms of their ability to be flexible. Like they just they're kind of sticking a lot of guys in spots and and hoping for the best right now, but. I don't think the gap is as wide as the market is suggesting. Uh, and, and based on the numbers, I think plus 400 on the Indians right now is certainly worth a flyer. I got them at 10 to one in the preseason, so I'm not adding anything more than I already have. But yeah, I don't, I don't think the White Sox are as much of a, a walk uh, based on where everybody else is right now. You know, if, if you told me Minnesota was going to start as poorly as they did, I would have just assumed the White Sox would take off with this division. But with the number of injuries that they had, it's, it's kind of a struggle to make them such a significant favorite at this point. And the White Sox have done this also without Lucas Giolito being Lucas Giolito. He hasn't been mm-hmm. a top three starting pitcher in the rotation. Well, Lynn can do this. He's proven that in the past. But Rodon and Cease, do you think they can keep this up? Yeah, I certainly think Cease can keep it up. And he'd be the bigger question mark, right? You know, I talked about him a lot in the preseason as being a guy who's one skill away. And Sandy Alcantara kind of reminds me of that too. Alcantara at a different level, but he was he was always a guy who was effective, but it was a matter of when the strikeouts would come. Now with Cease, it was a matter of when the command would come. And it seems like he's finally found that. Previously been one of the top pitchers to fade on a game-to-game basis, had all the stuff in the world, but hadn't been able to harness it. And it looks like he's finally harnessed it. So listen, Rodon, Cease, if they're going to pitch like this, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And that's going to be the driving force of their season the rest of the way. Rodon is a, a top three Cy Young candidate right now with the way he's throwing and who would have seen that 90, 98 miles an hour coming, you know, back into the fold for him. So yeah, the, the White Sox are being driven by pitching right now. We would have thought it would have been the offense coming into the year. So it's, it's kind of ironic that the pitching is what's finally emerged at the time that everybody else is getting hurt. But that is uh, kind of the key to the rest of the way for them is if this rotation can hold up. And certainly Lynn is as consistent as they come. And I mean, that was a fantastic trade for them to make. Yeah, I guess uh, it was a good move to make a change at the pitching coach over on the south side with the White Sox. Let's go to the American League East, Sean Zerillo of the Action Network. Now, the Yankees are not in first place, but you have to lay a price if you want to take them to win the division. Then coming in uh, throughout much of uh, the first half, we've seen Boston 4-1, to Tampa Bay 5-1. to Which team has the value? Yeah, I like the Rays a little bit here. Now, I think they're just built to win 100 or play, win a bunch of games over the course of 162-game slate. That is that is how they have structured this team in terms of depth. They have the top minor league system in baseball. We still haven't seen Wander Franco yet. Made a nice trade with Adamas to get a couple more relievers in that bullpen. Obviously, they're as good as anybody at optimizing the pitching talent that they have. So, again, another slight disagreement here in projections. Pakoda has the Yankees at 70%, but Fangraphs only has them at 55%. Tampa around 15 to 20% on both sites. Uh, Fangrass actually a little bit higher on the Red Sox than Tampa, but I'm, I'm generally higher on this Tampa team than the market. And I think in general, it's tough for the projection market to encapsulate all of their depth over the course of that schedule. Uh, you can get them at plus 450 right now points bet. That's 18% implied. I think that's worth betting. The injuries that the Yankees have had in their rotation, Kluber just went down the other day. I mean, behind Cole, Jordan Montgomery's pitch well, but there's not a ton of depth there. Uh, certainly as capable of any team at adding more around the dead deadline. But yeah, I mean, I think Tampa is just built to kind of sustain over the course of the full schedule. And 
Listen, like the Red Sox is going to kind of come down to whether Chris Sale gets back in the fold. They're going to call up Jaron Duran at some point, see how he performs for them. I don't know if Toronto has enough pitching depth to, to even make their way to the postseason, let alone win the division. Fangrass has them at 10%, so I think you'd, you'd need a 10-1 to or 9-1 to or higher on them to bet them. But yeah, Tampa would be my pick here, uh, yeah. and they were my pick in the preseason, so I, I see no reason to move off of them. Strong. I like it. It's one of the teams like you're you're trying to look for a reason to fade them. And then you know what the smart play is to do? Just go with them. And, and it reminds me of the uh, Oakland Athletics conversation. We're always looking for reasons to fade them. And then they surprise us. And they're doing that once again in the AL West. Uh, we'll get to MVP Cy Young home run leader in just a few minutes. But uh, this is the uh, last division that we have not touched on. The Astros are the favorite, but Oakland is right there. Oh, what do you know? The Angels are a buzzy team. I fell for it, and uh, they're injured. Trout goes down, and they're just so top-heavy. They can't even seem to fill out the rest of that rotation. Just brutal. How how do you have Trout and Otani, and your record is this bad? But here we are in the AL West. Yeah, I called the Angels the most overrated team in baseball during the offseason. I mean, even with Trout in there, it seemed to be playing out that way. I feel so bad for Otani because it's he's having an MVP caliber season, and this is honestly like the most fun thing I can remember since I've started following baseball closely. Just anytime he's doing anything, the, the internet seems to explode with joy. So yep. the fact that they're probably not even going to be around at the end is disappointing. But, I mean, this is a pretty clear-cut division for Houston to lose, in my opinion. Uh, Fangrass has them at 58%. Bakota is all the way up at 72%. They're about to get three-fifths of their rotation back. Framber Valdez coming back this weekend. Odorizzi coming back this weekend. Urquidy is on the mend. I think the Astros have been negged because of the cheating scandal, and that's the only reason that you're getting as much value on them as you are. Uh, We're seeing that they're hitting regardless of what has gone on. You can... Bet them at minus 115 right now to win the division. I don't love betting a price like that, laying a lot of juice on a team to win their division. I would prefer to hunt for plus money prices, but I think there is value there. And more importantly, I think there's value on their World Series futures still. I got them at as high as 30 to one in the preseason. Projection market right now between nine and 13%. So at most, in my opinion, they should be 11 to one. You can bet them at 16 to one right now. I think that's certainly worth taking, and it's only going to get worse from here. They're just built to win in a postseason. They've got depth in their lineup. They've got depth now in their rotation. If you get Valdez back in there, Granke's obviously done everything you can in this game. I mean, just top to bottom, the Astros are a pretty complete team, and they don't really get the respect that they deserve. Yep. Uh, and I, I think if you're willing to stomach betting on the cheaters and and being the ire of, of all the conversation... They're certainly the value team in the market. I, I wouldn't take plus 110 or better on Oakland right now to win the division. Their projections are around 36%, 40% right now. I just don't think there's any value there. I was really high in Oakland last year. You were getting plus 350, plus 400 on them to beat the Astros. That was that was an easy bet to make, but you know, getting even money here I think is certainly worth staying away from. I'm glad you touched on that with the Houston Astros. I've been talking about it over the last couple of months from time to time on BetQL Daily is – I don't bet as much as you do, but I bet on baseball most days. By far, it is not close. I've bet on the Astros more than any other team in the game. Do do Mm -hmm. you find it similar for you? I don't know if it's the cheating thing. People don't want to bet on them or what, but it always seems like their price is so enticing. 
I bet on them more so against the big boys, uh, the Yankees, the Dodgers. Yeah. I was on them both games in that Dodgers series. I've definitely bet on them when they've played other top teams. I think against the A's, I've probably gone against them one time. Uh, and it was probably with Cole Irvin pitching or somebody in the A's that nobody wanted to bet. So, yeah, I, I'd say the teams I've bet on most frequently this year are probably San Francisco, Kansas City, Houston, and Miami. With the Action Network, Sean Zarello, I'm Joe Ostrowski. Sean, sit tight because we haven't even addressed the incredible amount of value in the MLB awards and home run leader markets. You won't believe the long shots we uncovered. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the score listener line is open 24 7 365 empowered by betql but smarter and beat the books download the betql app today or visit betql.com Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score. I'm Joe. Hi on Twitter, at Joe0670. Info and the links to my BetQL Daily Show five days a week there, at Joe0670. Memorial Day weekend is the perfect time to do a reset on MLB Futures. My guest is Sean Zarillo of the Action Network, and we just went over the parity that we see in all six divisions and how there is some value. Let's hit on these awards, but before we get to the MVPs, which seem to be pretty open, some would disagree, especially on the American League side there. Uh, Cy Young, maybe not as open as long as uh, a couple of players can stay healthy. I love how the home run leader is shaping up, man. It's a tight, tight race at the top, and there is a ton of value with one player. I wish 
there were more sports books that would post this on a daily basis, Sean. Why is there like one or two books that keep up with home run leader throughout the season? I don't get it. Same thing with rookie of the year. Home run leader, other than win totals, is probably what got me into betting baseball. I think I had a 50 to one ticket on Josh Hamilton the year that he lost by a home run on the final day of the season of Miguel Cabrera. And that was one of the most fun sweats I've ever had over the course of a season. He had that four home run game in April and his odds dropped from 40 to one to, I believe the favorite or somewhere in that territory. It's the most fun prop market to bet in my opinion. I always have at least five guys on my, my board every year in terms of tickets. Uh, the guy who's, who's really kind of standing out and we could talk about this when we get to rookie of the year in a minute, or if we uh-huh. do, Adelise Garcia is Jesus. third in barrels per batted ball event so far. And I don't know what is going on, but the Rangers have just pulled this 28 year old rookie out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and he's lighting the AO on fire. Uh, you know, you want to talk a little bit more realistically in terms of guys, I think will be there at the end. Acuna Jr. Judge, if you combine their current home runs, their batted ball data, they're both top five in barrels per batted ball event and their projections. They should both be there right at the end. Vlad Jr., if you want to give his projections a little bit of a bump, he should be there at the end. Nelson Cruz as well. But the one guy I would take a look at as a long shot right now, he's starting to heat up a little bit. And what really surprised me, I saw a stat the other day. It was the top 10 list for batters who are good at laying off pitches out of the zone and swinging at pitches that have a high probability of turning into hits. Miguel Sano was on that list, and that floored me, because you're talking about hitters like Max Muncie and Juan Soto. Sano apparently has very good pitch recognition with absolutely zero hand-eye coordination, but he has six homers in his last 10 games. He's hitting under 200, I believe, but he's starting to heat up, and he is absolutely a guy who could hit 15 home runs in a month and get himself right into this mix. I've got a long shot ticket on him from the preseason. If you can find 30 to one on Sano at this point, I think that's absolutely worth a shot. What did you get before the season? Probably closer to 50. I'd, I'd have to look at, uh, I, I bet so many things before the, the season, Joe, I, I can't even recall at this point, but yeah, oh, I, I think I had recommended him at uh 50 to one or better. I see him at 75 to one at a legal shop. That just, just <laughs> don't even think about it. Just bet, it. <laughs> <laughs> bet it, bet it. I've got to go back to Adelis Garcia for a moment here because he's right there at the very top. Now, normally I, I wouldn't want to say, oh, guy in a hot run, this is going to dry up. Everyone's betting it. You're going to lose the number, but he's right there at the top and he's 18 to one. Just to give people an idea of Vlad Jr. is a favorite of plus 650. Otani and Acuna plus 700. Judge plus 800. Bit of a drop off to Tatis, but there's Garcia at plus 1800. What do you think about that one? His strikeout and walk numbers are not great. I think he has eight walks and 54 strikeouts. Um, so he's he's purely just a free swinger and he's hot right now. The question is whether you can maintain that for another few months. There is something with batters who have profiles with high strikeouts and high fly ball rates. They actually go on hot streaks more frequently than other types of hitters. They tend to binge on home runs for a few months at a time and then fall off. So normally, you know, if I could find a way of like shorting his home run total during the middle of the season, if I could bet a live under on his home run total, that is where my mind would be at. But we don't really have enough information on this kid to, to know what he's going to play at the rest of the season. Uh, you mentioned Otani. I mean, I, I almost wish the Angels would commit to just letting him hit the rest of the season. As fun as it is to watch him pitch, 
I mean, he was considered to be, his pitching was considered to be way ahead of his hitting when he got to the big leagues. Jeff Passan has, has tweeted out a couple of times, like amending his tweet about an article that he wrote about major league scouts, not thinking Otani was ready to be a big league hitter yet. It's kind of hilarious. Otani is leading baseball in barrels per bat of ball that, and it, it's not even close. He's, he has a two or 3% advantage over the rest of the field. Raphael Devers is also up there. I love Raphael Devers uh, as a hitter long-term and, and in the short term. We're going to get to MVP in a minute. There's three guys in the Red Sox who are all going to steal votes from each other. But if you're going to take a guy who is already with his peers at the top of the leaderboard and his odds are double, triple what they are, if you want to take a small quarter unit stab on that, I'm not going to argue against it. I, I wouldn't go all in on it by any means just because it's hard to tell what his level is going to be the rest of the way. But by and large, I, I think it's uh, it's just a, it's a good outlier number relative to the rest of the odds. If I'm going off a gut feel here, it's going to be Acuna. I just, I love what he's doing with his play control this year. He's absolutely crushing the ball when he connects. Uh, and he, he looks like he's unlocked that next level in his performance. I know what Vlad is doing is incredible. He's always seemed like more of a, more of a line drive, like going to get 60 doubles and 30 homers in a year type of guy. But the way Acuna is, is just lifting the ball and powering through it and reducing the strikeouts. I just have an inkling that he's going to end up winning it. And speaking of Acuna, he's the National League MVP favorite at plus 300. Tatis, plus 450. Arenado, plus 900. The fourth favorite is pitcher Jacob deGrom at plus 1,000. But the NL leader in F4 among position players is Nick Castellanos at 20-1. to 1. Do you think the former Cub has a shot here? Yeah, so we're very important. Uh, I believe 19 of the past 20 MVP winners have finished in the top three in their league in war. So very important to contribute not only on offense, but also on defense. And I think that's what takes away a lot from a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr., who's rated as a below average defender. He's 31st at the shortstop position in defensive run saved. Castellanos has never been considered a good fielder, but his fielding metrics have actually improved in the past few years. Yep. He's not a guy who you look at and think based on body type that he would be a bad fielder. He's just a little bit slow, but it seems like an organization like the Reds have been able to position him in better spots in order to make more plays. So if you're going to tell me that Castellanos is going to keep hitting like he is and, and play as a scratch defender, let's see where he is defensively this year. He's actually rated as a plus three defender in right field. And he's the fourth best right fielder in baseball this season. Now he was 30th last year, 30th the year before. So he's having a good year defensively, which is partially what's driving that war metric. So if you're going to tell me he's going to play as a scratch right fielder for the rest of the year and keep hitting as he's been doing. Yeah. I certainly think he'll have a shot. It's just a matter of whether the reds perform enough to, to give his profile a boost, uh, whether you want to admit it or not, voters do account for, how teams perform. Uh, you you kind of have to be undeniable if you're going to be a player who wins the MVP and your team doesn't make the playoffs. I think it's happened five or six times since the year 2000. And those have happened more recently, but it's because, because Trout has just exceeded the rest of the AL field by a wide margin. So I do think that there's other viable candidates in the NL, but 20 to one on Castellanos. I mean, if you really like him as a player and think he's going to keep hitting the rest of the way, I don't hate it whatsoever. Okay, what are those other NL candidates? Are you going to tell me the year in which the Cubs are trying to deal Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant's going to be a two-time MVP winner? <laughs> no, Chris Bryant, and I thought during the preseason that guy was destined to fill the Mets hole at third base by the end of the year. Uh huh. And I still think that that's probably going to end up being the case. Uh, as long as the Cubs are 
willing to deal those pieces. I mean, it's it's all up to the Cubs front office whether they want to keep pursuing this season or not. But the two sleepers. Now, I was very high on Soto coming into the year. I think right now, based on what I said about Acuna, he's leading the NL in ex-WOBA. I think it's his, I think it's Acuna's award to lose if he stays healthy. I don't like Tatis at all. The two guys who I think, not long shots, but who I think are going to find their way into the conversation. The first is Jacob deGrom, if he stays healthy. I believe we've only seen a couple of MVP winners come from the pitcher spot in the past couple decades, but the way deGrom is throwing, he's he's throwing his fastball more than ever before. Like we, we're, we live in an era where pitchers are reducing their fastball usage and having more success. Well, DeGrom's career fastball usage is 48%. He's throwing it 63% of the time this season. So nobody can hit it. It's just unfair what he's doing. He's the hardest average fastball velocity ever in the StackCast era. Just absolutely untouchable. And the other guy on the Dodgers, I didn't think I'd say this coming into the season because he seemed like their third or fourth choice, but Max Muncy has been absolutely incredible for the Dodgers. Yep. Mookie Betts not performing up to expectations. Seager and Bellinger both hurt. Don't know where the Dodgers would be right now without Max Muncy. And I think if you can get a good price on Muncy, he's going to keep hitting or get better the rest of the way and absolutely be in the conversation. I mean, Betts might overtake him eventually if Betts, if Betts performs up to his preseason expectations. But right now, Max Muncy is the MVP candidate on what is perceived to be the best team in baseball. I thought they didn't list him. Honestly, because I am looking at his F war and he's second in the national league and I'm going down and down. Um, Oh, there's Max Muncy. He's 70 to one. That's something. I mean, that is not something I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to tell me, cause I, I didn't actually research the MVP odds. Like I did a divisional odds, but sure. I would have guessed he'd be in the 25 to 30 to one range. Same. And right. that's, that's purely like I mentioned, because coming into the year, he was probably third fourth maybe fifth on his team like was was kershaw more likely to win the mvp or bueller more likely to win the mvp than him bauer seager um it was certainly seager bellinger and vets but yeah i mean he might have even gotten a pitcher ahead of him in odds in the preseason so yeah 70 to 1 on max muncie uh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be shopping for that almost as soon as we hang up here Oh, wow. We have some bombs, man. We are finding some bombs. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, Sean Zarillo with me, ActionNetwork.com. As long as you threw out DeGrom's uh, name out there, let's uh, quickly address that NL Cy Young. DeGrom stays healthy. It's his award no matter what, correct? 100% agree. Same with Garrett Cole in the AL. Yeah. Okay, perfect. That, mm-hmm. that, that's perfect. Couldn't agree more. Great season out of Rodon, but there is this massive gap between Cole, Rodon, Means, uh, Glass now, and those guys, even though they might end up having terrific seasons. Let's wrap with the AL MVP. The media is dying to give it to Otani. I don't know that he can stay healthy. I'm not sure that he's going to continue to be a starter every single week, but they really want Otani to get this award. Now, if he can't stay healthy, there are guys like Vlad Jr., Bogarts, having terrific seasons, man, if Buxton could just stay healthy, he'd be atop the the board in F4. If Buxton had stayed healthy, I would have had a bet on him. I was actually considering betting him right before he got hurt, and I'm glad I didn't get anything in because the way he was playing, he was at Trout's level, 100%. If you take away a little bit of Buxton's offense, he was playing like the best defensive player in baseball. Uh, It was Harrison Bader's defense, combined with like Acuna's bat. It was absolutely ridiculous what Buxton is doing. It's just unfortunate that he's had such a 
a rocky and weird career, but yeah, looking at the AL MVP odds, I mean, I can't disagree. I, I think not only do the writers want to give the award to Otani, I think it's good for the sport if he gets the award. Mentioned the the calculus with War and needing to finish in the top three. Obviously, there you would have to combine his pitching and his hitting War. Right. That would put him in the conversation, no question. Aaron Judge has the highest expected WOBA in the American League, actually in all of baseball. He's besting Vlad right now. I know Vlad has a better WRC+. Plus. Judge is a pretty good defensive player on top of being one of the best offensive players in baseball. Just again, anytime you're going to have one of the top teams, they're going to tend to get more votes for their top player. My pick coming into the year was Jose Ramirez. I mentioned him. He's a 229 Babbitt so far this year. His difference between his expected and actual weighted on base average, I think it's a 40 point difference right now. I think he's third in the American League behind Judge and Vlad and expected Woba. So Jose Ramirez, his preseason number was 15 to one. I think he's 25 to one now. If Cleveland wins that division, he's going to be the major driving force for it. And he'll end up as one of the world leaders. He finished second in MVP voting last year. So he's already on voters' minds. And if you go back to the midpoint of the 2019 season, he's been like a top two or three hitter in baseball. Sustained excess over a long period of time with Jose Ramirez. I honestly think he's the most underrated superstar in this sport. But it just goes back to the media and voting. And yes, I mean, it's going to be impossible to get Otani out of people's minds. Uh, you mentioned Bogarts. So Bogarts, Martinez, and Devers are all in the top 10 in the American League of War. They're just going to steal votes from each other. I actually did some research in the, in the preseason to see how often MVP winners come from teams where they have multiple players finish in the top 20 in voting, and it's not that frequent. So there is actually some credence to teammates stealing votes from each other was my initial assumption with Trout and Otani that they were going to steal votes from each other. Uh, but now the Trout is sort of out of the way. And I mean, if he misses another two weeks, like it's, it's going to be pretty impossible for him to have enough playing time to win the award. So yeah, probably Otani uh, based on the narrative. But if you want to talk about the guys who are going to be more deserving, I didn't think Vlad would be the, uh, the most likely candidate from his team actually coming into the preseason. I thought they would be Bichette based on the war projections, but it seems pretty evident now that that Vlad is reaching his final form and this kid is going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with for the next 10 to 15 years. Strong look on Ramirez if uh, he can get on a bit of a heater this summer because you're right, like where's the star power in the top? We see so many guys top 10 in war that haven't reached that status yet. And then you got Trout and Buxton, great numbers, but they're injured they're probably going to be out of the mix. So yeah, where's the value? History suggests that Otani won't be able to stay healthy, but man, is it a great story. And if he does, it's probably going to be his award. Sean Zarillo at Sean Zarillo on Twitter. Check him out, actionnetwork.com. It's not just baseball. You get some stuff on the horses and, of course, UFC every single week. Sean, this was a blast. And uh, throughout this conversation, I realized there are a lot of futures bets that I want to make. I mean, my portfolio from the preseason is already so large. I don't know if uh, I'm going to be able to stomach betting too many more of these futures right now. But yeah, I certainly think there's a lot of value out there. That Muncie 70 to 1 figure, I'm going to text somebody right now to get that down for me because that is absolutely crazy <laughs> to me. If you're a baseball better, like keep an eye on this every two weeks, every month. This is fluid. This changes. There's publicly available projections that you can use to your benefit. And if you combine that with your eyes and, and your feel on where these teams are going to be going or allocating resources, I think you certainly can find value in the betting market. Thanks, Sean. 
Anytime, Joe. Thank you for having me. If you didn't find any actionable information over the last 45 minutes during my conversation with Sean Zarillo, ActionNetwork.com, don't know what to tell you. No idea. Get to work, people. Jim Miller at Hawthorne has been on a heater. Let's keep it rolling. He's next on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Hope you're enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Odyssey app. A weekly contributor on the show is our buddy Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. And Jim joins me on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Jim, I know throughout the NBA season, you're big into the player props. Has that continued into the playoffs or are you sticking with sides because over a points bet, there's no juice on your sides. You're talking plus 100. Well, and I'll tell you, I've always been a player props guy, Joe, and you know that as we talked throughout the course of the season, but because of no juice, it has to bring back that interest into the sides because that makes a big difference. So really kind of the way I've played it during the playoffs is I take those players who have been good during the season because you know their minutes load is going to increase. And I'll still look for player props on those ends, but I'm almost always playing a side now in every game just because of no juice. This carries through the whole first round. You've had some great series. I, I've loved the Hawks-Knicks series so far, so I'm hoping that series just continues to extend along. But this is something you have to take advantage of. PointsBet is offering it. Other sites aren't, so it's definitely worth jumping into. The cool thing about the player props, and, and we did see this a little bit uh, during the regular season, was you would see the rematches, same teams going at it, back-to-back games. But now we're getting into three, four, five games, same matchups. And we also have the sample size of the regular season. It feels like you do have some sort of an edge if you're betting overs. And, of course, these players, I know these numbers are inflated, but especially with a coach like Tibbs in New York, these guys are all going to get 40-plus. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, he's going to rely on the guys who are the hot hands. I mean, look at D. Rose. Look at the minute load that he's getting. He's a guy that you know is going to be battle-tested in playoff time and is going to give you every single thing that he has. So these are the kind of guys you have to jump onto. A guy like Tibbs who will give you that minute load. You look at some of these other matchups, especially when they were kind of resting players during the season or trying to watch their minutes. That flies out the window here for the playoffs. Take those stars. Look for those overs, and you can really cash on some nice player props. So I've been hearing about this points bet sportsbook watch party going down next Saturday. What are the details? Yeah, we're going to be at the Crestwood uh, location there, and it's a gorgeous location. This is your most points bet sportsbook sports betting type of setup of any of the locations we have, meaning you have the recliners, you have the couches, you have the high-top tables, you have the massive-sized TVs. So it's going to be myself. Richard Roper and Teddy Greenstein, and we're going to be there all afternoon next Saturday. We're going to be watching sports, putting out different kind of boosters and that throughout the course of the afternoon, different points betting options, and it's going to end up with the Belmont Stakes to kind of close out the afternoon. But we'll be there all afternoon next Saturday, so come on out and join us. If you want to get reservations, you can do it now, but it's at our Crestwood location, and it really, it is a gorgeous location, Joe. Very cool. We had uh, Teddy on BetQL Daily this past week. A few weeks ago, he gave me Sam Burns as a winner at 90 to one. So the dude also knows what he's talking about when it comes to golf. Uh, part of that watch party, you mentioned the Belmont stakes. Do we have any information a week out? Well, the, the weird information, just because this whole triple crown has been really weird is the New York racing association said they're not going to accept any entries from Bob Baffert. So what does that do with a concert tour or a Medina spirit, any other Baffert horse? 
It doesn't appear you're going to see any of those horses in the Belmont. Now, what you are going to see most likely is Rombauer, the Preakness winner, coming back in the Belmont. And Rombauer was impressive in the Preakness. This horse flew by the leaders like they were standing still in the lane. So Rombauer could be a major factor going a mile and a half. But watch out for a horse by the name of Rebels Romance. This was the winner of the UAE Derby overseas. And the horse won that race by 12 lengths. And then he's just kind of been taking their time to get back to the races. This is a very talented racehorse and a horse that could make some noise in the Belmont, too. All right. Well, we want to bet on some horses today. We don't want to have to wait until the Belmont. So uh, what about today? What are we thinking? Going back right to the home track, Hawthorne Racecourse. We got a winner there last weekend. Let's do it again. So three horses to bet across the board on Saturday night. Race five, bet the six horse, Cash Hit, who had a big effort last week. Race six, bet the five horse, Tempest Sealster. This horse is 12 to one in the morning line. And then race eight, bet the two, DJ Lance, who draws well and gets pace to chase. All three, bet those across the board and we'll make some money. Good stuff. Jim Miller at Hawthorne and Jim on Twitter. Jim will be here next week to break down the Belmont, right? You got it. Thanks, Joe. And we took a deep dive into the MLB Division, World Series, MVP, Cy Young, and home run leader odds with the Action Network, Sean Zarillo. If you missed any of that extended convo, use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app or subscribe to the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. And while you're at it, subscribe to my BetQL Daily Show or listen live weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon on the Odyssey app and the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Also on 105.9 FM, HD to the Bet here in Chicago, weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon. Rick Camp will fill in for me next week. I think Campy will be able to squeeze in some NBA playoffs round number two chatter. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cash some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.